Hello and welcome to Wannabe Entrepreneur, another episode here for you and today I have Bushra in the episode. Hey Bushra. Hi, I'm Thiago. Thank you for, for accepting the invite. I'm super excited to sp speak with you. I actually met Bushra in uh, Trivago. Once again, a lot of people I met in Trivago. And I don't, we, I guess we never worked in, no, we did work in the same team for a while or not. I, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think so, but we were always very close collaborating. Maybe our teams collaborated a bit more. Yeah. Yeah, so we are both in the DevOps area. And for the people that are non-tech people, yeah, Bushra, maybe I'll let you, let you do this. So how would you describe a DevOps engineer for someone that is non-tech? <laughs> First of all, thanks for having me. I am uh, very excited to... Um, how do I describe DevOps? I, I like to describe it more like um, platform engineering because for right. me, for me, DevOps starts with, uh, you know, collaborating more and how do we collaborate more is how we enable each other. So how we can collaborate more so that we can move fast and for that, you know, we need to enable each other and part of my job is to create platform automation or even processes that that helps developer or everyone around me to to build better software and understand what they're doing and ship faster so yeah that's a perfect explanation <laughs> and i guess we can jump already to what i asked all my two other people i interviewed that is can you introduce yourself to the listeners who is Bushra? so yeah hi <laughs> <laughs> Hi, um, I'm Vishra. I am a site reliability engineer currently working at Datadog. Um, before, I have been working in various companies, startup uh, previously, and then some Trivago and also Ericsson. So I worked through enterprise places, smaller places, bigger places. So I have been working for six years in the same area, DevOps, platform engineering, infrastructure. Uh, kind of place um, so currently I'm really enjoying my work around incidents incident management uh, incident remediation so how can we make things more resilient reliable both from technical and organizational perspective so I do like to work with culture as well it's a great introduction so we were actually uh, off the records kind of speaking about what we should focus on this interview because there's so many things so one way i would describe Bushra is like you own the place kind of you enter in trivago and quite quickly you not only kind of exceeded the expectations of everyone but you also kind of started entering more in the culture of the company uh, participating in events doing conferences and i find that uh, very interesting uh, we i guess we can call it Bush's way, you know, <laughs> and um, but I, I guess so we can speak a little bit about your career and how you managed to achieve what you have achieved today. And uh, you come from a family of farmers, right? And mm -hmm. you are the first one going to software engineering. So I would like to understand kind of the reasoning there. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, my family is a farmer, um, so they always work 
you know, with their bodies in lands with physical power. And I actually really didn't enjoy that. So <laughs> I was thinking a lot more like, how can we do things better? How, how can I use my myself, my body a little bit less? And that's, I guess, how I got to to studying more because I wanted to study, go to university and do other stuff. Um, and uh, I didn't really know what computer engineering is. I only knew that I wanted to go to engineering because I was kind of good at problem solving and I thought that's what engineers do. Um, and I wrote all kind of engineering, not just computer, but electronical, um, communication, right. telecommunication, um, computer, and I just got into computer engineering. Um, I'm just so lucky to love it uh, because <laughs> it's not it's not for everyone, I think. it's it's When you think about engineering, it's a very different field uh, where you have to learn every day and apply things every day uh, and you need to keep it up every day. So it's very different. But, you know, even in the com in, uh, working through computer engineering, I like doing other stuff. So I liked writing. I liked uh, doing like teamwork. I was in a, you know, computer engineering club. We were doing right. events. So I always had this part that of me that wanted to do technical projects, but also more organizational stuff. And right. that's where I got to writing a little bit. Was it easy to convince, convince your family that to go towards this area, software engineering? No, no. I, I think they were just, they didn't know much. What they knew was that, okay, if Bishra is doing something, probably it's going to work out. So nice. my, my family has a really huge trust in me and they, they didn't really know what I was doing, but they knew that what I want to do is just stand on my feet and, you know, go yeah. and explore the world. So I'm lucky on that side that they didn't necessarily encourage it too much, but they also never like said, no, we don't know this and you cannot do it. So I never actually had any issues with my family's not, you know, understanding. They, they trusted you. Yeah. They knew that you were a fighter. And yeah. That's they... <laughs> it's great. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so from a young age, you also started writing. Mm -hmm. uh, is this a passion that only started in university or also before? No, actually, I, I was writing poems like from secondary school, I think. Um, I was always writing, uh, mostly poetic stuff, but also some some blogging. But then I didn't yeah. have a blog, but I was just writing. That is kind of a way to express myself on my own. Right. Um, but at university, um, uh, I think on the second year of university, I figured out that I can open a blog and start writing. And this was really exciting because in a technical part, I could be like exist in the internet. Exactly. Um, and I started writing basically like anything. One, my, one of my blog posts was about how to create, uh, you know, C-sharp, like SAP.net uh, buttons on the computer. How, how can I create small tools when I was learning coding? Other parts were like some poems or like, what did I do at the weekend? So all kinds of things my That's blog so cool. had. Um, but where did that blog brought me is actually a very funny story. Um, because on the second year, I had uh, object-oriented pro programming language uh, course. Right. And our teacher gave us a form to kind of collect things about us, like who you are, 
what kind of languages do you know? Uh, programming languages do you know? And there was a question in the form, do you have a website? And because I had a blog, I thought this was my website. So I put my, <laughs> I put my link, link to my blog. And then the next class came uh, when he started presenting on the wall. I saw my first page, homepage, homepage oh. <laughs> of, my, of my blog. And there were like 70 people in the class. And okay. I was like, what is happening? And it was like, who is Bushra? And I like very uh, shy, uh, yeah. raised my hand. And he, tell, he told me, you're going to get five points more on your next exam. I was like, what? Why? Of course, I didn't say anything. I was really shocked and of course. happy. But it was really, I was thinking, this is a really good advertisement of my blog. Now more yes. people know about that I exist and they're going to read. At the same time, I was really embarrassed because the blog post that it was on the wall was like kind of a poem. Uh, nothing about computer engineering. <laughs> um, and that was the time that I, I really saw that, okay, I do things because I like, and then sometimes they turn out to be something interesting. Yeah, and others also like them, right? So Yeah, yeah, it's... It was really cool, cool story. Uh, after that, I, I got to know my professor a bit more and then we did some projects together. Uh, but he told me, I asked him after, why did you do this? Like, how did I do to deserve this? And he said, you know, it was 70 people class and I was the only one who had a blog and writing. And everyone had the same opportunities, same tools. Everyone was around the same place. Everyone had chance to create that but I was the only one and he thought that this was something interesting to be acknowledged and I I loved it yeah and it, so you're writing about things that you learned in school as well not only poems so like you found something interesting in class and you wrote about it right uh-huh and yeah, I have never uh -huh. met anyone that actually yeah, did this. You know? yeah. Normally in school, you're yeah. you're just either studying. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting that you, to see that you were excited about software engineering from the beginning, that to a point that you're writing about it. Yeah, I like sharing stories. So for me, doing things that are exciting at school, in life, at work, if I see like they excite me, there is something inspiring in them, I like to share. And one part of it is writing and so <laughs> here in this first example or i guess this was the first example that you saw okay i have something that the others don't like mm -hmm. i i'm not afraid to mm -hmm. share i guess your authenticity and this is actually something that people like do you have other examples of where you use this in the in your career so i guess the the other thing that comes to my mind where i kind of push push things and just be myself was an exchange program that I joined. So towards the end of university, um, I decided to go for Erasmus and Erasmus is an exchange program between Europe and universities uh, in other countries that you can exchange years of your studies. I was, um, and there was only one person who could go from my university and I was like, okay, if there's one place, I have to take that place. And it kind of happened. So there was only one English exam. Um, I took the exam and I was able to get in. And I went to Hungary for a year. Because I was on my last year, they told me you need to do your thesis on the last semester. So you can only go for one semester on the beginning. So I went there 
six months went by so right. fast. I said, I want to stay longer. I wanted to extend. And they told me, no, you cannot extend because no Erasmus student yes. could do Erasmus. Like on their last semester, you need to do thesis and we need to count a, a class that has to be thesis, right? And the other problem, there was one problem that I needed a class that's called thesis yeah. and I had to have an exact credit that my home university have. Other thing was Erasmus universities give you a list of classes that you can take. Yeah. Because I was on the last year already, I already took most of these classes at home university. So I had to complete list of classes. I had to go and take classes mm -hmm. that university doesn't give in English. For that, I really have to go to each class's teacher, professor, and say, I know this class in Hungarian, um, but can you, can you enroll me to this class and make me exam in English? Like, I'm okay to do everything on my own. And then most of them say yes. Most of them gave me just like materials to study. On my last semester, I studied on my own and I just went to English exams. But the... The most, I think, the interesting part of that, that for my thesis work, so I had to write letters to the dean to say, hey, I'm an Erasmus student. <laughs> um, you know, I, I really enjoy working in this university. Uh, I know this was never done before, but I really need this. I think it would be really cool to, you know, have a thesis written by Erasmus student from Turkey. Um, and it kind of happened. So the I, I'm not saying it was easy, but what was super exciting that the Hungarian the university opened up a course yeah. for me called Thesis, and it had exact credit, <laughs> and it had exact credit that I needed, Whoa. and I was the First only time. person in the class. Um. <laughs> that, that's super super interesting. I, I bet that I guess I would say maybe 90% of all the students that did Erasmus, they wanted to continue there, right? But you were probably one of the few that actually found a way to do so. So my question is, why do you think that is? Why do you think that people are afraid to ask? I think because we assume a lot. Uh, the stories we hear, the things that happen to us, we assume a lot that these things are not possible. And yeah. for some reason, that stops us going a bit further. So we never, we, we hardly stay and say, oh, this will probably not happen. So I could have said, this is probably not going to happen because they already told me this is not possible. So I should just go back. But I yeah. asked, right, can I, can I stay longer? If I were to stay longer, what is that to, to do? And when you start asking questions and the questions that nobody asked before, uh, yeah. people might get inspired by just the questions to find answers, you know? Definitely. Like, they're like, they did know that this was not possible, but I asked, what can I do to make it possible? And they were like, ah, yeah. I guess you can, you know, make it easy to work. <laughs> no, no one <laughs> yeah, ever Yeah, exactly. I, I guess I'm not sure if they will ever do this again, but I think it was really interesting to both universities that I asked, how can I make this happen? Yeah. Uh, and then it was Im important for them to see my excitement, my mm -hmm. that I really wanted this. And and I even now I hear stories of people uh, who went to Erasmus to the same university after me 
from my class, from my uh, engineering department, the, my supervisor there still talks about my thesis because my thesis is a copy in there. Wow. And I became this yeah. story that people tell each other. <laughs> I really take this as an example in, in my entire career that if you don't ask, we don't get. So you, you said that people already kind of have their expectations and they, they think that it's not possible. But you don't think like that. And why? So why don't you have... Why do you yeah, believe that things are, are possible? Why are you not bounded by you know, the same mindset as others? Because I think I know that it might not. But one voice in me is like, what if it is possible? You know? And for that little voice, I have to follow it up. Because... If I don't, I always have this voice in me like, what if it would have worked? You never asked. Yeah. So I feel this it's... urge to try out and it's okay if it doesn't happen, but I feel bad about not trying. That's a true entrepreneur spirit, I guess. That's definitely. So you, you finish your Erasmus and I, I just want to hear more of these stories or, or more of these Bushra stories. What do, what do you have for me? <laughs> I will actually tell you something that didn't work, uh, that I tried and it didn't work. Uh, and one of them was, you know, I'm ending my, my last semester and I'm thinking, well, how can I find a job here? Maybe I'm not even want to go back to Turkey. And I heard that the Prezi, it's a right. presentation yes, tool. Yeah. Maybe you know it. It's it's actually oh. Hungarian funded. And I knew, I was like, oh, they have an office. And I used Prezi mm -hmm. before on my presentation. And when I heard them that they were in Budapest, I'm like, oh, this is super cool. I should meet these people. Um, so I was, I was having this dream of, you know, working there or having an internship or something. So that was like just a dream that come out yeah. when I heard that Prezi was there because I was close to looking for jobs mm -hmm. after graduation. So, um, so I went to LinkedIn, checked people who were in Prezi and I sent, I selected three people and sent them messages like, Hey, I'm Bushra. I'm an exchange student in this university. I really like the tool you are doing. Would it be possible yeah. if I come and visit you? Which is, by the way, already something that I, I found it also very, very useful and uh, very successful to just immediately send a message to someone working in the company. But not a lot of people do this. Not a lot of people are mm -hmm. have the courage to go mm -hmm. in an alternative way to find a job, which, mm -hmm. by the way, it's mm -hmm. very interesting. But sorry, continue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think so too, because I also thought maybe two of them is not going to answer, but what if exactly. one of them did? So you always have the positive mindset, right? You always yeah. think, what if? Yeah. You know, probably it won't happen, but what yeah, if it what does, if? right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what if it does? Exactly. Um, and one of them answered me, I went to Prezi, have lunch with, uh, with one okay. of the person in Prezi, and then they told me, Hey, we actually have an internship program. Um, so you could apply that when it is out in the air. I'm like, yeah, I would love to. And then internship program was uh, published and it, they were asking like motivational video. Uh, I prepared so hard to, you know, to apply, created my two minutes video, uh, you know, shine up my CV um, and I applied. I'm waiting for a week, nothing is coming. I'm waiting for a second week, nothing is coming. And then all of a sudden, the whole website was just out. 
it wasn't possible to get in again. The whole thing was like scraped. And I was like, how could this happen? And I'm writing to people. Uh, I wrote to the, pe- the person I know inside and said, yeah, I guess they canceled it because, but I don't know the details, right? And I couldn't get any answer about because I was so pumped about this. And because it was just like disappear, I didn't like it and I couldn't accept it. And then I did something that I'm not sure if I would have courage to do today. Okay. Um, I sent an email to CTO. Whoa. I was like, I prepared so much. I want <laughs> someone to see this. So I, I crafted an email like, hey, I was you know planning to do this, a little bit of context. I linked my material, my video, my CV. Yeah. Um, here is what I prepared. I really want to know why it didn't happen and maybe you will be interested in you know and i got a reply wow okay positive reply it was a positive reply it said well done you know <laughs> it's it's a great video it's a great preparation i'm going i i cc our i don't know the people that handle this it looks like there was change of plans but they couldn't you know communicate it properly and then someone else in the CV answered me why it was cancelled and what was the plan later. Maybe it's, it's not the success you were hoping for, but it's still a success. You got a lot of answers, maybe also network, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we can uh, jump to Truvago because <laughs> I think there's uh-huh. so many things to, to speak about there. So you, you joined Truvago and uh, of course we, you did a brilliant work in the DevOps area. But you also did a brilliant work in, you know, organizing workshops, doing conferences. So is it something that you already knew you wanted to do before? Trivago had space to be authentic and that's all I needed. Um, So I needed space where I can just be myself. I can share my excitement. I can see, I can share my potential and it would always be acknowledged. If not acknowledged, it would, you know, I would be given space to 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 actually be this person so i think that was just a great match because i didn't even try these things it was just you know i would just hear oh we're gonna do this and i was like oh yeah i would love to do that i would love to be part of that and i joined uh it was just a i don't know i guess it was just lucky that i was there yeah Yeah, i was definitely i think the culture definitely amplified people with with a personality like yourself right so was it there when you started to do your first conferences no before i was in pycon so speaking right two pycons yeah speaking i when i was learning python and all this stuff so i think it comes from me wanted to share yeah. my stories and things that I learned because all my conference talks are actually my experiences. Right. Um, but at Trivago, because I was in the first time really exercising uh, DevOps okay. as a culture, as a technology, I also start. So it gives me the stories. It gave me the experiences so that I was able to craft a talk out of it. Right. And how do you apply for a conference? I don't even know how to do that. To, to be a speaker. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I also don't know a lot, but the things that I did most of the time that I, I check conferences that I like and I see yeah, topics as yeah. interesting. 
but the thing is I never prepare for the conference so usually my talks comes together like oh I have this story I have this story and I have also this story and I try to make them like what does this tell me what is it that tells right. people what kind of theme is that so that's how I craft my content then I say okay I would I would love if this was in this conference and then I go there I checked there's call for papers uh, so you basically just uh, you apply your abstract and what you want to tell to people and what you think that the audience is going to get out of it. So you basically pitch your talk yeah. <laughs> and with a, with a small amount of text and you can get in. And I think tech is really great at that because there is a lot of Definitely. space Definitely. to be a speaker. Definitely. And um, but I guess you also need the, the right kind of personality. To, because you're exposing yourself and sometimes, I don't know, I feel that in tech people can also be very strict and they have very strong mm -hmm. points of views, right? And the, the, being mm -hmm. there with your peers and showing your point of view sometimes can be a bit uh, haunting, you know, can be a bit challenging. But you, you don't think about it, yeah. right? You just think, okay, this is me sharing mm -hmm. my story. If you like it, you like it. If you don't like it. No, I, I, I think it's definitely a vulnerable experience. Yeah. So it's even though that I own the story, so that makes me a bit more right. comfortable, but it doesn't mean that it's still not scary <laughs> to be on stage in front of people. But I think I disagree with you that, you know, sometimes people are strict. Yeah, people are a bit fanatic about certain things, yeah. but then they talk about them. True. So there is a place for everyone to share different stories. Mm -hmm. So the style I have, yeah, I, I tell more about, you know, um, stories that are kind of has an harmony in it. But one of my conference talks was just about how to write more Pythonic code. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think there's a space for every story in a conference and we need a lot of diversity in different people telling stories in a different way, uh, expressing different tools, different needs. So I think that's what makes us very colorful. Yeah. Um, but again, definitely it's, I'm sure it's easier for some people. It should be your choice to go and do that yeah. because it is a very, yeah, it is a very vulnerable experience and it should be your decision to, you know, do I want to share with everyone in this way? Yes. Because there's a lot of different ways to share. Now you're doing the podcast. It's your way of doing conference yeah. talks, right? Yeah, in a way. Uh, so there's no, there's no one way of sharing Can stories. You would you, would you <laughs> consider yourself a confident person? Um, I think I look more confident than I actually yeah. am. <laughs> same, same here for sure. Yeah. yeah. I no, so how, I don't think how, so. That's why I, you... I, I care about talking about vulnerability and how yeah. hard these things are actually are as well. Yeah. Because that's even more amazing, right? If because you yeah, you seem very confident, right? So it's it's a challenge for you also to, you know, overcome that inner voice saying like, ah, maybe I cannot do it. But you are able to do it. So what are your tricks? Um I think one trick is that it's my choice. So I am, for example, I really don't set myself like, okay, I'm going to go to three conferences this week, this year, right. because I, you know, this is where I'm going to be heard more, whatever. 
I don't think that. I, I check in with myself a lot if I am comfortable enough to do this. Um, mm-hmm. So there is definitely some scarcity, some, some vulnerability, but I know what fuels me as well. So for me, after the stage, talking with other people, uh, right. telling me, you know, they also, they also had exact same issue or just sharing that is something that I really like. And I do that for that, for example. Um, also, I think that showing up um, and, you know, still be vulnerable right. on the things that I want to, mm-hmm. that's kind of empowering. Yeah. Um, because I am still, you know, grounded. I know what, you know, what my potential is and how I want to show yes. it. And it's my decision on how. Yeah. Then it's very empowering. It's still difficult, but it's empowering because it's my decision. Yes. So it's basically you are afraid, but you know that the success. So uh, if you just conquer that fear, you will feel great and you know what the reward will be. And that's kind of what motivates you to go forward. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm here reading one of your tweets that says, oh. writing is a serious activity for me. Even a couple of sentences, I write a lot, but publish way less. Maybe I could be more courageous. Mm-hmm. And that, do you think that people should share more about their feelings, maybe in, in a written way? Do you think that having like kind of a diary or a blog is a good tool for entrepreneurs and, and people that want to achieve more? I would recommend that. Uh, but again, you would know if it feels good for you. Right. So you could try out, right? Because what works for me might not work for you. Um, so for me, expressing what I have in my mind, um, also inspiring. So when I go back, sometimes read my own tweets, because I also tweeted very recently that I mostly write about things I need to hear. Yeah, yeah I read it. <laughs> uh, and it's because... I have this, you know, uncomfortable feeling that some some things needs to get out of me, out of my mind. Then right. I just yacht it out uh, in in whatever I find it. Yeah. And some of them looked great for me to share with the world. Some of them doesn't. And it, and that's um, very interesting because there's, a, I remember I think once we were talking and you spoke about some song that uh, you and and Barna created. And then I said like I want to hear it, and you said like this is only for me. So. <laughs> do you have a lot of things that you write but they are only for you? And if so, why? I do. Yeah, I do. For me, it's a good practice to know the know my boundaries. Um, so it's that's I think the really important part about vulnerability too, mm-hmm. right? The vulnerability sounds so scary because we think that we need to be sharing everything. Yes. And that's vulnerable. And yes, that is vulnerable, and that would open up to you a lot of you know difficult situations. Right. But if we choose what we want to share and what we want to be vulnerable for, right. then that is the different feeling of, you know, vulnerability. That is the real vulnerability that you feel, you know, you own the story yeah. and you're okay if people are going to come up, you know, with criticism. Yeah. The fact that you don't want to show to the world doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, right? You can always do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can always do it, but... Just check in with yourself. How much of it is, you know, yeah. exciting? How, how much of it is important for you to share? Yeah. Sometimes I do 
with the sentences I share with the world, you know, I'm really happy with. Yeah. But the sentences that I don't share with the world, I'm also happy yeah, because course. I don't. So I guess the difference is that it takes the pressure off your shoulders of, you know, you don't write to share. Yeah. You write to write. Yeah. And then some of them might turn out something incredible to share right. with the world and who says right can say anything creative right it could be your code mm -hmm. to yourself you make an app for yourself yeah. or and uh, many activities that's uh, yeah it's a super super interesting thought and i i hope that it will help a lot of a lot of people and i i really <laughs> if i would take one thing from this conversation is definitely the sentence you own the story because mm -hmm. yeah that's definitely you should own your own story and then you share whatever you want to share, but in, in the end, it's up to you. So I think that's mm -hmm. great moral here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you so much, Pushka. We are a bit already off time, but it was such a nice conversation. And uh, if you like this, maybe uh, we can uh, have other conversations in the future. I think it would be great. Sure, sure. We can definitely do that. And thank you very much for having me too. It was, it was great. Cool. It was definitely really nice to talk to you about this stories that I never shared with you before. Yes. <laughs> I will add Bushra's Twitter in the description of this episode. You should definitely follow her. Always sharing interesting stuff. You already know I don't do ads. So if you want to support this podcast and help it thrive, you can buy me a coffee. The link is also in the description of this episode. This was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you tomorrow. Mm -hmm.